0: You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. There it go. Okay. All right. Is this good? Do I need to fix this lighting? Nope.
1: You're no, perfect. you look good. You're perfect. Okay.
0: Producer
2: said thumbs up.
0: Oh, well, that's all I, that's <laughs> what I be looking for. I just want to make sure my hat is right and uh, my lighting looks good. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: we, and I give bow ties fifty. Look at you thank looking spiffy the way you want to look.
1: Thank you. But I want that shirt. I, I'd, I'd rather be in that shirt right about now. Amen.
0: <laughs> hey, I got the boots that, to match
1: it. You do? It I, it
2: I. I'm telling she is such so. a, a fashionista. Like, I mean, she came out with the bodysuit in Atlanta. And then she, I was with the cape on it. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, this mm. is what we are doing. You have to understand that normally when I
0: perform, uh, when Monique and I are out on the road, it's one of those... When they send the emails, they be like, okay, Corey, make sure all your parts are covered. Because, gonna- you know, I'm one of them push the envelope. It's either going to be short or or not quite my size. You know, I'm doing that kind of thing. And so for that when I was like, oh, no, I'm going to cover from head to toe. Let's see how this how-. And they were like, "We, you, what? I'm like, yeah, I know. Y'all didn't think I could do I'm it, right. but I did. I pulled it
2: off. You did. You was fine, too. I was like, Okay. <laughs> We had a good time. Mm -hmm. We had a great time.
0: Yeah,
1: I've seen some of the uh, pictures in your in your um, promos and things of that nature. And I did note that you're always very fashionable. So,
0: you know what? I appreciate that. I I try my best. I grew up um, with a designer for a mother. So Mm. my mom was a a fashion designer. So I kind of grew up on the runway. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not one of those jogging suits and Uggs type of girl. Even though that's what I'm wearing right now from the waist down, you'd be like, where are you going? But from the way, the part that y'all
2: see? Right. That's the only part that matters. I'm out here.
1: Tell us a little bit about that, the growing up with a fashion designer mom.
0: Oh, you're talking about late nights, early mornings, um, plenty of stick pins. Um, Yeah, you were always getting poked because you always had to be the mannequin or the the dummy that was trying on the clothes whether they were for you or not um but growing up on the runway is one of those um it's one of the things that led me to always believe that every walkway is a runway and every stage is a red carpet Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna always show up in something because that's just you know that it, it was the way that i was raised my mother taught us that when you leave the house look like you're going somewhere and people that don't have anything to do pretty much won't approach you because you won't, you know, you look like you have this sense of urgency. Mm. And if, for the most part, it worked. I mean, there was a couple of little Tonys and Andrews that would try it, But for the most part, <laughs> you know, you, you leave out the house like there's going to be a camera somewhere. And I do.
2: Hmm, I like that.
1: Does that change your um, approach when you go shopping? I mean, do you look at clothes different than the average person looks at clothing?
0: Yes. because there are certain sections that you'll probably like I'm 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 if I have five pairs of jeans I'll be doing really well um with over 300 pairs of shoes probably eight or nine of them maybe 10 now because I've I've joined the uh Nike Dunks crew I like Dunks now so um I've started picking up on those a lot more but 95% of my shoe closet um is a stiletto is a heel a couple of wedges but you know, I I I don't look at that. I'm going for the head turners. Like that's what I do. So I put unique pieces together, you know, things like that. I just love when I walk outside to feel as good as I look. And the only way to do that is to put the clothes. You gotta put the clothes on, baby. Mm-hmm. My mother right now will be yelling at me because I'm doing this interview and while y'all think I'm flying, right now she's going, Where are your earrings? <laughs> that's what she's saying. Where <laughs> Are your earring I can I hear you. Oh, I know. I couldn't find them. I don't know where they are.
2: Well, no one would have noticed until you said it. So yeah, you camouflaged the hat, 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 hat. The hat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The hat threw it off. No one even notices.
1: You could say, "Mom, the studs were on my shirt." <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, I don't think I needed any more blame. Mm-hmm. watch this, I got some. Oh 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 oh.
0: Don't worry about it. I I found one. And that's okay. That's really all you need. You just grab one.
2: And now her. I've made a statement. There you go.
1: Got it. Got it. So so our our conversation was so good that we forgot to do our opening, Corey. We what's didn't up even with do the opening. Uh, no, you know, so oh, that's okay. The audience is still with us. So we're going to do that. <laughs> okay. They we're don't even do know this. who they're talking they to. They have no idea who they're talking to. So, so let's start with this. I have in studio the one and only Miss Holly Cotton.
2: Hello, hello, host of Beyond the Fifth. Thank you for having me. Oh,
1: absolutely. And what are are we doing together today?
2: So basically, Jamie and I, since we're both in Houston, we wanted to come together, and especially for today, because we think that Corey B is so fabulous, and we're fighting over her time. So we figured, you know what? Why not come together and have a bomb show with the three of us? And, and
1: make her decide who she likes. Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. At the end, at
2: the end, Corey has to vote. <laughs> <laughs> you won't put that pressure on me, because I'm definitely going to choose now.
0: We're, How about we're, that? We're
1: we're in rock the vote season now, Corey. So you're, we're going to we're going to make you vote. Um. So so, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know the topic was about you know single lives and marriage lives, but but I think that we're a little beyond that now. I'm going to just talk about who our guest is. Is that okay?
2: Yeah, go ahead. Okay.
1: All right. So um, you met this wonderful uh, guest and helped bring her to the attention of of our collective shows. Um, And I'm going to read her bio. Uh, So Corey B. is a Chicago native. Corey is one of the featured comics on the new Showtime special, Monique and Friends. She's also featured in a few episodes of the TV show, Laugh Mobs, Laugh Tracks on True TV. Corey shared the stage with Monique on her seven-month Las Vegas residency, and they currently tour the country together. She recently performed on both the historic Apollo Theater and Apollo Comedy Club in New York. Congratulations, Corey. And You can also catch her jokes on Kevin Hart's LOL station on Sirius Satellite Radio. She shared the stage across the country with greats such as the late Dick Gregory, Michael Blackson, Genuine, and many more. And without further ado, welcome to the show, Miss Corey B.
0: Woo! That was such a great introduction. I almost <laughs> forgot who you were talking about. Yeah. I'm like, man, who is that? She's she
1: something.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> something.
1: Well, we know her, so you know, we know we we can connect you if at any point you're interested in meeting her. <laughs> I'd
2: appreciate that. How y'all doing? We good. We woke up today, so I'm
0: not complaining. We cannot complain. We, we're doing really, really well. I Listen, I'd rather be seen than viewed, honey. Hmm. That's for sure.
2: So first, what I wanted yeah. to do, I wanted to ask you, Corey, because I know that um, I follow you on Instagram and I know that you kind of have a unique story of how Monique and you kind of connected. And I know that you had posted recently about, I think you said it was like four years ago and you tagged yeah. her in a post and I was just like, Oh my God, that is such an awesome story. So can you tell us about that? It was really, really crazy. Everybody that knows
0: me knows that I've always been a Monique fan, um, and it was just one of those, I'm one of those crazy manifest people that's like, say it till you see it. Um, and then when you say it, just make sure you're working on it until you see it. And just recently, right before then, maybe about two or three years right prior to then, I went to a concert. I went to a Jill Scott concert. And in the middle of the concert, it wasn't even a middle, honey. She had just sang one song. Um, we heard a big boom and all the power went out in the entire building. They had to cancel the concert. But on the way out, the lights came back on and I was standing right next to Monique's picture on that wall. Um, And then I had my husband take a picture of me pointing to the picture because I said, one day my picture is going to be right next to hers. So fast forward a year, I saw that she was coming to Chicago and I just put up a post to say, yo, y'all tag Monique and tell her to let me do five minutes. And it wasn't even... Five minutes. It. Was, I don't even know if it, there were ten tags on that post, but she responded and was like, "Yo, meet me at the uh, club on Friday." And I was like, "No." But the thing was, that was all she said. There was no inboxes of, "Okay, you need to arrive at this time, and you need to, you know, talk to this person or whatever." So it was just like, "Meet me at the club." Now, in my mind, I'm going, "This is going to be like the episode of Martin." when he was on the Barnell Hill show and he was supposed to get five minutes (laughs) and he ended up having to bum rush the stage with Casey and Jojo. Remember that? I remember. I remember. I was completely prepared to just kind of bum, because I'm like, they don't know me. So I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to, again, step out on faith. I'm going to just show up and see how this goes. But the confirmation that I got was the morning of the, um, the morning of the show. She went on to our radio station And someone said, hey, we heard you got Corey B opening up for you. And she was like, listen, I don't know who this Corey B is, but the second that I told her, you know, to come and join us, the ticket sold out. People were DMing me and was like, oh, you're gonna love her. And I was like, she remembered. She remembered. So when I showed up, my name was at the door. I could not believe it, y'all. I put my Sunday's best on. I let somebody do my makeup and it was so terrible.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Give their name. No I just had, kidding, don't do that. <laughs> right. I had on so much
0: bronzer. I look like the Timmy. man Like I literally was like, I've got to fix this. But the the shorter version of that is I went up, I, you know, I met her and I asked her, I said, Hey, is there anything that you want me to stay away from? And she basically said, Those people out there bought tickets to see me. I want you to make them want to come back to see you. Don't leave anything on the table. So I went out. I did my five minutes. The crowd went crazy. I came back into the back dressing room, and she was crying. And I was like, oh, I done mess up. <laughs> like, what did I do? What did I say? I'm running things through my head. And she looked at me, and she said, I've been looking for you. Aww. I've been looking for somebody that I can pour all of my knowledge into. I've been looking for somebody that I can give information to, and it, it's you. And she invited me back to do the rest of the weekend. Um, and it, it was history from there. Like literally we were supposed to go and finish the tour together. And after the first date, she was like, I'm canceling the tour. You know, I'm so sorry. Da 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 And before I could get sad, she was like, but I'm doing a, ve- a residency in Las Vegas. Would you like to join me on this residency? So we've literally been jo- joined at the hip ever since um, October of uh, four years ago.
1: Most people well, first that's a wonderful story. Very. So thanks for taking us inside of that, you know. That's a dream scenario. Yes. Okay? yes. <laughs> and the fact you were ready to perform, I mean, most of us have ambitions, right? We're like, Yeah, you know, the Chicago Bulls are gonna call me and I'm gonna but then when they <laughs> do, you know, it's like, oh, I forgot my inhaler. <laughs> you know, people aren't really ready. So how were you yeah. how are you ready for that moment?
0: Um Again, I like I said, with being able to say it until you see it and then you prepare yourself after you say it. If I like when I pointed to that picture and say one day, you know, my picture is going to be right next to hers. Now I have to put in the work until whenever it happens, happens. I feel like whenever that moment, whatever it is, when it happens, it happens because you've shown that you're ready for that moment or you're so arrogant that God in the universe would be like, oh, you think you can do it? Let's go ahead and see you try, you know? So I think that I just stayed on stage, um, but you're never ready to meet somebody like Monique. You know, like a queen of comedy, Adele, some, like you're never ready for that kind of energy, but it was like, it was magnetic. It was twin flames. And so we have had some, some moments now. I want you to hear me. I'd have been on that stage and <laughs> came off. And she looked at me like, okay, let's have a conversation. (laughs) But it was always in love and in concern. It was never a, you know, I'm the boss. You know, I miss Miyagi and you are, you know, Danielson. It's never been like, it's always been out of love and and a place of teaching. And uh, I'm I'm grateful for those lessons, every last one of them.
2: I love that. I love that. I love that. And what I also wanted to just kind of sidebar about whenever you were talking about just you and Monique and, and I just feel like now we are in a season where women as comedians are being more embraced and more, it's more acceptable. Now. I think you guys are kind of saying, Hey, y'all are going to respect us in this field now. And we deserve this, you know, especially with everything that happened with Monique, I don't want to talk about her, but I'm just saying like, you know, it's about the respect that comes from a woman and, and then doing something that's predominantly women, <laughs> you know, I, pro- I mean, predominantly a man's field. So for anyone that's looking at you, because now, just like you looked up to Monique, there are comedians that are looking up to you like, oh my God, I want to be like Corey B now, like Corey B, Corey B. So what advice do you have for any women that are trying to follow in your footsteps?
0: Uh, first of all, please do not try to be like Corey B. I got a lot of kids and a lot of debt. Like you don't want to. That's not who you want to be. But no, I think it 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 has always been funny to me um, to to see comedy being such a male dominated field. Yet comedy is not um, gender specific. You know what I'm saying? Like women can tell jokes, men can tell jokes, but it's always been that difference there. Um, There has been um, this stereotype put on especially black female comics uh, that we only talk about weight, our weight, dating and our kids and sex like that's all we talk about. And so we kind of got put into a box to where it's like you'll never see a flyer with three women and only two men. Men will always dominate the flyer. And if it's a flyer, it has to be all ladies or it's a ladies night. You know, even when they bring you to the stages, coming to the stage next is a female. It's a woman. Y'all want to hear comedy from a woman's point of view as if like, what what does that even mean? Like comedy is not gender specific. So um, I had to learn that I had to be fearless before I could be funny. Like I have to make sure that because in Chicago, let me tell you something, baby, we do comedy in places that they don't want comedy. We in the bars, we in the lounges. I've done comedy in a bookstore. I've done comedy in a church. Like we these are not comedy clubs. And so before I can even tell one joke, I got to give them a reason to listen to me. So I had I had to gain my my courage and and my standing power. Um and that ain't hard to do when you're a mother of five and you got to command the house sometimes when daddy ain't here. You know. So I I personally um would basically tell female comics is know, know your stuff. You know what I'm saying? And stand on it. Like, be fearless and be unapologetically funny. Like, be who you are. And you don't have to bow down or be subjected to anything that a male comic wouldn't, you know, be subjected to just because our genders are different. Go out on that stage every single time. Be unapologetic, be unwavering, be fearless. Um, and understand that you have, you have a gift. You know what I'm saying? Like we we're not doing what we had to do years ago. Like we're literally walking in a light and I'm so proud of uh of female comics right now.
2: That's a great answer. Good advice. When
1: you are honing your craft and you're you're perfecting these are the kinds of jokes I'm going to say on this day in this location. What is that preparation and practice like for you to know this joke hits this way, this timing is is what I need to to um, hold between the punch, you know, and and the setup. What is your preparation like?
0: Okay, so you're going to think I'm crazy, right? I do not write um, because I believe that jokes are all around you, 24-7. What you eat, what you see, what you hear, how you react in certain situations. So the majority of my material um, is born on stage. So normally the way that I do it is I'm always – Uh, recording audio. I always record audio um, and then I go back and I listen to it and then I'll build from there. But 95% of the stuff that I talk about is like real life stuff. And it's just been inflated with imaginary situations or jokes. That's why it's easy for me to tell them because it's the stuff that I live. When I talk about, you know, um, falling down the stairs at my husband's job, That really happened. Oh my God, that was so funny, Corey V. I still don't go to his job to this day because some of them people still work there, okay? And they seen my butt because I fail, okay? So I don't, yeah, that's real life story. But like, you know, kid named Juicy, real life story. Uh, Accidentally eating edibles and getting so high for three days that I did. Those are stories that actually happened. But the mechanics um, of punching them up I do that on stage. So what I do to prepare, I guess, to answer your question, is I build it on stage and then I stay on stage. I hit the open mics with two, three people in them, just like I would uh, showing up to uh, a theater with two, three thousand people. No, no stage is too small because I got to get in the gym and work that material out. Mm. But I wish that I could sit down and like conventionally, like just write and read it and go back. My brain don't think like that. It's like, what happened yesterday? Talk about that. And then build on that. And that's kind of how I build it.
2: Hmm. That's a good good advice. Good, well, I told you after I saw you in Atlanta, I you when you came upstairs, I was like, Corey, you had us dying because everything you said about 40s, we were, every, I'm not going to sh- share your yeah. joke, but you had, and I even like kind of paraphrased something to one of my friends, like that was so realistic. So yeah, de- <laughs> definitely what you're doing is the way to do it because that stuff hit home.
0: Ain't it? Like, really, seriously, it, over 40, your life just completely changed. I had no idea because I had never been 40 before. But, baby, 40 is different. I'm looking forward to 50, but 40 right and now it's, is it's like...
2: And hey, it's the level you want to be a fine 40-year-old. Like you said, you were like, I'm too young for these, but I'm too but old I'm for... I'm too old to <laughs> hang with them. So I'm the middle <laughs> child.
0: 40 is the middle child. But you you really learned some stuff at 40. Like, I, I didn't know that my bones got cold. <laughs> You know, like bypass the skin and the muscle and like today in Chicago it's twenty six degrees, baby. My bones it's cold. I've never experienced that kind of to my bones. So you blame like, that it,
1: on it, the it, 40s. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay, okay
0: because in your 30s, you can still run outside without a coat on. Now you might cuss when you get to the car. Yes. But like now, I got I don't want my bones to be cold. I got Mm-mm. to put a scarf on. <laughs> I got to wrap up now. It's, it's different. Forty different. You can't going, be 20 going out to no. the
2: club. Oh my god! I I went out and I, I literally all I could hear was your voice in my head about how at eleven fifty nine, baby, <laughs> don't your 40 <laughs> pick you, in? you was going. You was starting with. And you was starting and stuff in
0: that. I at, was at, starting at eleven fifty nine, but at forty. I wanted them to turn the heat up and turn the lights up and turn that <laughs> music up. Oh, my down. God. It was so funny. Yeah. And one of the things that I want to tell you, if you are listening to this podcast, you tell me why. And I want them to tell you guys, why is it that we think that just because it's our birthday and it's time that it's okay to pull out the open-toe shoes and the clothes with no sleep? Like, just because it's our birthday, the rules change? No, I still get cold on my birthday. I'm not putting no sandals on because it go with this cute dress. No, that's not the way. That's 20 year old crazy. So you can't, you can do that at 20. Can't do that at 40. Mm-mm, you end up with pneumonia.
2: <laughs> oh, and everybody trying to say, now nah, she knows she's too old to be having them open toe shoes on and it's Come 20 on. degrees. <laughs> See? I love it. I love
0: it. Sorry, you can't relate because you ain't wearing uh, no open yeah, right. Well, right. no, no, no. Listen, men
1: men go through different things. Like when I turned 40, I got my first gray hair on my chin. You know how bad oh, that was what? for me?
0: <laughs> oh, I ain't got no gray yet. And if I did, I've got it. I yeah. don't
1: know. <laughs> no, um, yeah, we can appreciate. I, I, I think as as a man listening to a, a female comedian, I appreciate the, the material the same. Um, a, as I do, um, listening to a male comedian, although there are some things that I can relate to when a male comedian is talking, like, you know, a, a approaching a, a, a woman for a date or something along those lines. I'm like, yeah, okay. I've been there. But then you hear it from the female perspective and it's like a refresher. It's like a whole refreshing yes. feeling like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. Uh, so, so, uh, I, I think that what you guys in the um, comedian space are doing is great. It's fantastic. You referenced that you were um, doing a residency in Las Vegas and um, for, you know, the world that's not familiar with what that means. You uh, had a ongoing uh, comedy routine at a very specific location in Las Vegas for, uh, you know, seven months. Talk to us about what that experience is like, because most people don't and will never know what it's like to have a residency in Vegas.
0: Let me tell you I am 8 years old in comedy. 8 years. I've only been doing it. I just turned 8 years old in November, uh early November. And this ride has literally moved so fast that I haven't had a chance to catch my breath. Like within the first year, I think is when I was doing laugh tracks. Um then the whole thing with my, like it just has taken off like crazy. So When I got to Vegas, that's a different world. That is a different world. And let me be specific, it's only a two man show. It's me and then it's Mo and that's it. There's no host to bring me up. There's no opener, there's no, no, it's you go out there to a cold audience and tell them who you are. And the good thing about Vegas is the people that come to the shows are not from Vegas. Mm -hmm. They are from all over the world because that's what people come. You know, when they come from out of town, they go to Vegas, they want to party, they come to the show. So we've been, I've sat and um, been in front of audiences where there were uh, no one in the audience that looked like me. There were people that spoke different languages that still came to the show. There were, we did a show one night that neither one of us were prepared for because we didn't know about it. But there was a convention in town for the legally blind. And one night they bought out the entire theater. Nobody told us, nobody warned us. And at some point in the show, I think in the beginning, I was telling the people to clap their hands or stand on their feet or whatever. And I looked over at one guy and I was like, oh, you're so cool with your sunglasses on that you can't stand up and dance with us. and he was like that's (laughs) because I'm blind and I was like and then somebody yelled out we're all blind and they turned the house lights up and all you saw were glasses and canes and people with their and they were laughing they thought it was the funniest I've never been so embarrassed in my life but they thought it was amusing so if we're gonna be amused I, I didn't tell Monique either before I brought her
1: out. So she had the same experience. <laughs> the hard way.
0: <sighs> Baby, when I tell you I had never had so much fun, it was like, you never know what you're going to get. And the good thing about Vegas is because the people are from everywhere, um, it helps you to kind of, you learn to tailor your jokes so that everybody can understand and that they can relate and they can laugh. So, There are certain jokes that I'll tell a certain way when I'm, you know, at the Apollo in New York in front of a all, you know, mostly black crowd or, you know, a crowd just of color. Then if I go to uh, Canada this weekend, I did a, a convention for about 300 Canadian men from a tech company. That show is completely different than what's going on in Vegas. But what I do is I bring them into my world. I don't try to go out and like let me relate to you. No, let me help you guys relate to the world that I live in. So it was a, it's a, it was a great training ground. And I got to meet a lot of, a lot of people that I looked up to.
2: That's a very good perspective. I'm going to bring you in because a lot of times that they, I know I've seen comedians where they're like fishing, like they're trying to see what the crowd is. So I like that. I like that.
0: Yeah. Your goal is to get them to understand you, not for you to try to go and relate to them. See, when they come to the shows, you're now in my house. I'm the employer. I'm not the employee. So I'm going to take you on a ride so that you get to know me. I don't want to get out to know, oh, well, when's your birthday? Well, who you're married to? It. I mean, you know, it's good for conversation starters, but you came to see me, to learn about me, to know about me in this comedic way. And that's how what I used to bring them in.
1: So, Corey, you're about to go on stage. Yes. And, and you know, the lights dim... And perhaps somebody has warmed up the crowd for you. Perhaps they haven't. What is in your mind as it's like five, four, three, two, go.
0: I got to pee or I got to throw up. Okay. Every time. The nerves, the butterflies, the shakes every single time, because you don't know who's in that audience. You don't know who's out there. You don't know if they spent their last dollars to come and see you. If they were coming out of a depression, if they're battling cancer or Somebody just came because they, you know, I, they, they're celebrating. You don't know who's in that audience. And your job right now is to bring them the gift of laughter. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. I hope they can relate. But if not, I'm going I'm to stick with it until I do. But, yeah, I either got to pee right now, as they're calling my name, or I, I, I want to throw up just a little bit because you got you to gotta also just respect the crowd. You know, I'm never too arrogant to say, you know, I'm going out there and they're going to laugh at me. You don't know that because you've never met these people before. So, yeah, I'm I'm a nervous wreck.
1: And is there a I got them moment? I got them. Like the crowd just you just delivered some something perfectly and you just know, boom, I've arrived.
0: Yes. And it's normally very early in the beginning. Like I said, I have to establish who I am, because a lot of times, especially when I'm when I'm the feature, they're not here to see me. You know what I'm saying? So I have to say, hey, I know y'all came to see, but guess what? They ain't ready. And this is who you got. And it helps them to... Cap- because I'm going to tell you something. People will pay $5 for a ticket and be like, they better make me laugh and turn over and, and flip out my chair. And I'm like, no. Don't put that kind of pressure on me. Like, so... I, I definitely go out and establish, hey, this is who I am. This is how I run my show. All right, now we can get into it. So I pull them in immediately and get their attention. Once I get their their attention, I can take them on the ride. So, yeah, I'm going Beautiful. out and I'm establishing dominance, and this is my house early, and I got something to say. And and that crowd normally right at the beginning just goes up immediately. So.
2: And so, Corey, let me ask you this. And and I, I also, I like to have transparency whenever I'm talking to people. And mm-hmm. because we always go through and we're like, we, we kind of highlight all the great things that are going on and all the happy stuff and all the wins. And a lot of times that's great because... People are using that as a motivation. People are like, oh, wow, if she did it, I can do it. But was there a moment when or a situation or something that happened where you started questioning, is this really the path that I want to go down? Did something happen where obviously now, you know, thankfully <laughs> everything has worked out. But was there a point where you were kind of like at that crossroads and you were like, this is some BS. I don't even know if I want to do this. You
0: have that moment every other month. Oh, it it, it passes, but there's been times, I'll tell you, when I started comedy full time, um, I just separated from my job at Groupon, which I loved so much. Separated, quit, got fired, whatever. I wasn't there no more, okay? Don't worry about which one it was. Okay, I got fired, okay? Let's just talk about it. They fired me, (laughs) Um. December 1st, and I'll never forget that my husband looked at me and he said, if this is what you want to do, take six months. I got the bills. Don't worry about nothing. Just go out and explore. And if it works in six months, you just keep going. But if it don't work, you work. And I was like, okay, deal. And it was very fun because in the beginning, I wasn't really making any money, but I was able to hit the stages. But once I had gotten to a place, even outside of that six months um, to uh, where I was making money, again, I I think that this all, again, it may happen to the male comedians, but it always uh, seems to happen to female comedians where we'll get to a show, you know, we'll give, we'll perform our best. And at the end of the show, you'll have a promoter or whoever's throwing the show go, oh, let me just slide you, you know, a couple of dollars because the show didn't do what it was supposed to do. Now, we've already agreed on the amount. This is why I'm here. This is why I show up and I give my all. And, all, and then they'll try to, you know, slight you on the money. And then there have been some shows where you show up and it's only four people in the audience. And it's like, you don't get anything. And it's like, how do you tell your family that you went out with the last of the gas in the car in hopes to get paid only for them to be like, yeah, we ain't got it. You know, what What do you do? And it's like, God, I, I know that this ain't how you intended for me to live. Like, I like this dream, but how bad do I okay. want it? And I had to learn, um, really, to just kind of trust the process. But it's not a good feeling when you got to come home and look at your husband or your kids and be like, man, I've been gone, and now it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and, and I'm coming home empty-handed. Yeah, the crowd made me feel good, but I can't pay my bills with what the crowd is giving me but i had to learn how to trust it and and know that everything when you're doing it the right way it has to work out and every single time it has always worked out probably not the way that i expected it to but whatever it was that i was supposed to have i've gotten and what's mine has not missed me yet but that's a hard place to be in when you don't have no money when they bumping you off shows, when um, the lineup is supposed to be one way and then they make it another way. and You've had your mindset, you know, like it it can get really, really, really cutthroat. Then they talk about like joke thieves and um, people being assaulted on the road and having to sleep with certain people to get certain. Like, thank God that I've never had that. And it might be because people know my husband and he's like 6'2", 260 <laughs> and he don't really play that. But that helps. Some of those, Yeah, he don't. Yeah, he, he's not that guy to play with. Like he he eat people like for real, like don't play with his wife. Yeah. But it really has. I've had some situations to where I've come home broke. I've come home broken um, because I looked up to a certain comic. And when I finally meet them, they're not who I thought that they were. And it's like, wow. And you then learn that you don't want to be that person. But anything that belongs to me that's mine, stages, shows, TV shows, movies, If I, as long as I'm doing it the way that I'm doing it right now, it will never miss me. And I have to be okay with saying I didn't get that because it wasn't mine. It belongs to someone else. And because of that, those bad things, or the, the downsides, I use that as a lesson and not as a loss. But it ain't easy, child.
2: You know what? Corey B, you got me pumped up, Corey. I'm like, I'm ready to go win today. What do I need to do? Like, you got me all pumped up. I know. Come on, I win, know. Player. I'm like, oh, who it's like, who oh, oh, whoo, game time, game time, game time. OK, sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. You have
1: a question. Uh, no, listen. I was just watching the game time happen. I'm- <laughs> Corey B got me pumped
2: <laughs> You got to look at it that way. My
0: husband has to have surgery tomorrow first time it's ever had sir he played basketball for 36 seconds uh tore his Achilles and now will be out until april it took him longer to put his shoes on than it did for him to play in this game but he was worried you know he's like i'm out till april that means that i have to cancel all of my out of town gigs so that i can be home to take care of him so he like man that's my income that's your income and even now I, i'm i'm okay with knowing that we'll be fine like we'll, we'll we'll be good because what what's the sense of worrying what's but what belongs to us won't miss us and we'll be fine i said all' that to say if y'all got some more room on that podcast and y'all hired mm.
2: um I can, we I can, got I can, you no, but, we'd be laughing too much we couldn't we couldn't even do the guess <laughs> yeah so it won't miss me
1: You know, uh, Corey, you said something that made me think of an expression that I heard. I don't even know who created the expression. No, it's not my own, Holly, (laughs) by the way. Um, But um, this expression that says, don't meet your heroes. Um, Mm. Don't meet your heroes. And so when you were talking about some of the uh, people in your mind that you had built them up in your mind to be a certain way or they presented themselves as a certain way, but their reality was very different. um, And and you didn't let that shake you. So, what is it about you or your life experiences that has allowed you to prevail when you've had these, you know, appearances where you didn't get paid or you met somebody that disappointed you or that you were just mishandled in a certain way? How, How have you bounced back from that?
0: I have an amazing family. My husband is literally my best friend, he is my biggest cheerleader, he is my stylist. Just so y'all know, both of the he picked this out. I ain't even picked this out. Like this, like he's my but he is and my children are amazing. And I think one of the things that helped me is when I come home disappointed or broken or discouraged. My husband is one of them people that be like, yo, what you want me to do? What like what what are we doing about it? Let's have some cake and talk about it in bed. Like I I literally don't have to be anybody other than mom or wife or best friend when I get home my children let me know very early on that I was not in their top phase five of comedians okay <laughs> I want y'all to take a listen to what I'm saying
2: I'm not in the phase five okay them little okay. bastards they always got something you know it'd okay. be your okay. own it'd be your own it'd blood be
0: your own. it'd be your own and they'd be like mom we want to meet so and so and I'm like well i I'm on I'm right here on TV, like, they'd be like, yeah. Like, Showtime would literally be playing my episode from Monique and friends, and my kids would be like, that's nice, but are you making mashed potatoes to go with this chicken <laughs> So, to be able to come home and just be loved on, you know, in those discouraging moments, and I know, I like, I, I look at some of my friends who don't have that. I look at some people that I look up to who their circle is not really their circle. It's just a bunch of yes, men on the payroll who will tell them whatever it is that they want to hear in order to stay in those good graces. And I am so lucky to be able to be married to someone. Um, not only have we been together for a long time, but he was also, he's a musician and he toured with a lot of great people. So he understands the late nights, the early mornings, that I got to catch a flight right now. The I just put him out of my bedroom so that I can do this interview with y'all, even though he should be like like he's my he's it, that support system is so important. It really is.
1: Well, there's a lot of single people saying, one, does he have a brother? Uh, uh, number two, there's a lot of husbands who are getting a side eye right now from their wife. So uh, but it's great that there is a positive um, uh, family figure that you can talk about who is a minority male. Um, it doesn't have to be a minority male, it could be minority female, but it's great that there is a positive family figure because I feel like a lot of the um, representations of the brown black experience um, doesn't necessarily highlight the, yes. uh, the wonderful uh, relationship that can develop the support system, the loving parent, you know, the loving spouse, Um, And so hearing you share that, I I think, can be a very, very good example for generations to follow and that we're not, you know, um, necessarily what we might see in pop culture.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to always make sure that my family knows, you know, how hard I'm going for them. You know, a lot of the stuff that I do, a lot of the people that I meet, a lot of the things that I put myself in I put myself in a certain position so that when my children decide what it is that they want to do what they want to be who they want to be you know those kind of things I want to make there are a lot of these relationships I make because I want to make sure that my children are also good you know what I'm saying like I my work ethic is dumb like it's crazy. I have five children and two grandchildren yes I'm somebody's grandmother Mm -hmm. you see it come on the, with
2: the, hat. the, the yeah. fine auntie, the fine auntie, yes. And <laughs> but, come on, I'm all of that.
0: Um, but so I can't allow them to be lazy because their parents are not that. I can't allow them to make excuses because their parents make it happen. We can't make excuses, we got to make it happen. So the same thing that I want my children to be, I try to be that example um, when we got so many influences our kids right now are influenced by everything mm-hmm. because they got it all right at their hands. So I have to be very careful about number one, what I expose them to or who I expose them to um, and who I expose myself to. Because sometimes, like I said, them people that I've met um, that disappointed me, the one thing that I learned from that is n- don't be them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Never be them. And I watch people, Um, Again, not to even bring it back up, but I watch people like Monique, even after we've done two shows in this midnight, stand and shake hands and hug and take pictures with everybody until that last person that was in line get the same hug as the person from the beginning. I watch how she treats the staff when we go to these comedy clubs. Like the stuff that I'm learning from her is more off stage than on stage because on stage is the gift. Like you got you you can't teach that. You got to be born with that. You can teach the mechanics, but you can't teach the gift. But how I'm watching how she operates in love with everybody around her lets me know that, you know, one way is right and one way is real it, it, it's it's funky. And I didn't like that feeling. so it's a reminder for me to always pass on that love. You know what I'm saying, whether it's at yes. home or when people see me, people are noticing me. Okay, okay, people are noticing me. Like, I go in the store and people be like, You that girl? And I'll be like, Yep. yep. And that lady was like, You that girl that hit my car with your <laughs> basket.
1: <And laughs> Don't I'm say yes eat. too early. <laughs> right,
0: right. Yeah. Here's yeah. A
1: sentence You're the girl. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I, I was too excited, but people are noticing me. And I always want to make sure that I give them the same excitement and love that they give me now.
2: Love that. I love that. I love that. And that's why you keep winning. And, Corey, I wanted to piggyback on what you said earlier whenever you were talking about your husband and him having surgery because I just want to remind the mofos that's listening because they're like, oh, she got on and now she's about to fall off. No, we not falling off. So I want you to let them know how you winning this year. You still working. What's some of the stuff you doing? Like, remind folks that... I can take whatever I need off because, baby, I'm still winning. I got my schedule is still full. So, tell us about some of the projects you have coming up.
0: Listen, I need people to know that just because I'm home, don't mean that I'm home. Okay. <laughs> uh, again, we got five kids. So, we are rotating on this nurse schedule because while I'm home, I am still working. Um, and I, I do have some great projects coming out. I am uh, doing a couple shows if you are in Chicago. Um, I am doing Zany's Comedy Club on twelve twelve, which is my sister girl Monique's birthday. Um, that's Happy going birthday. to be a and yeah, that's an amazing show. Um, actually, next weekend, this holiday, well, this coming up holiday weekend, if you guys are downtown shopping, I have uh, four shows this weekend at the Comedy Bar, which is right on the Magnificent Mile where you shop. Like you can stop there, get some pizza, and then keep shopping. But come laugh with me. Um, that's four shows. And then the biggest show of all, my birthday. I always do it big for my birthday. So this year we're doing a 43 Shades of Brown Gala. And then the next day is the seventh annual uh offensive t-shirt comedy show. I like offensive t-shirts. I like things that I mean because why not? We gotta learn how to laugh again. Like we we we've gotten to a place where everybody is so tense and so scared of cancel culture that we've forgotten that these are jokes i tell people every time i'm on stage i am a comedian and we're at a comedy club the things that i say on this stage it does not have to be right it doesn't have to be true i only have to be funny that's my only job and i need you to pull out and go to the land of make-believe with me and they're like okay well let's go to make-believe and then i tell them how batman is my daddy he's my real daddy I have to. Sh- I'll share that story with y'all later. But definitely twelve thirty. That uh, ugly sweater. I'm sorry, ugly sweater. That's a whole nother party, child. The offensive T-shirt um, comedy show. Um, January. I'm going to a place I've never been before. Fargo. Mm.
1: I'm
2: going to Idaho- Fargo. What is that? Minnesota. Idaho. Oh, Minnesota. Thank you. Uh uh. Uh uh. Fargo. Not
0: North Dakota. Now, there was a movie made after. Maybe it was North Dakota. Fargo. We're going to have Come We're, 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 we're going we're to place a dollar bet. We
2: just sideboard on that earlier. And I was like, look, math and geography, those are not my fortes. I'm a nurse. <laughs> we, we do English and right. biology. Fargo, Fargo,
0: no, North Dakota. I'm, I'm almost sure it's North Dakota. Don't worry. Jamie what have an It's North Dakota. I know he's going to
1: have it. It's North Dakota. You're right.
0: Fargo, North Dakota. I'm going, I don't know who's in Fargo. That just shows no. how, that just shows no. how black people never go to North Dakota. We don't even know what's in North
1: Dakota. <laughs> well, one of us people. is going. <laughs>
0: is it black people in Fargo? That's, That's not right. No, you. Take I over. You. Take over. You.
1: Yes. Yes. We know here. Represent us well.
0: Right. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. But yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm working. I'm excited about it. Um, Next year is really, really promising. I, obviously can't talk about a bunch of stuff because of NDAs and and, and good stuff like that. But I'm, I'm going, I'm on a road to elevation and I am excited and I'm nervous. I'm going to still have to pee. Just know that please know that's never going to go away. The second that I, I don't have to pee, I'm going to stop doing it because that means I don't respect it. But right now stomach's still bubbling. (laughs) I'm still excited. So next year y'all be on the watch out. And let me just say this, Jamie, one of the highlights, of this year is sitting here in this interview with you guys. This is a big deal for me. It really is because you all are you, what I consider elite. Like this is a, a big stinking deal. So thank you guys uh, for having little old me on because now when I put this on my resume and my fact sheet, hello.
1: Price goes up.
0: I need them to know. <laughs> I need them to know who I am.
1: You know, um, that's so kind of you to say, Um, we really appreciate the warmth and genuine uh, uh, comment that you've shared with us and the sentiment you've shared with us. Uh, So thank you for that. Um, You honor us with your presence. Yes, Um, I'm
2: honored. I'm honored. Yeah,
1: I mean, all the way from Texas, we we are hearing about you and and the wonderful work you're doing. So to have you with us, uh, thank you. Okay. And our audience, I'm sure, uh, is all the better for it. You said um, something about being on stage and and the impact of of you know sensitive audiences. You didn't say it specifically that way. That's what I took from it. <laughs> but audiences are very sensitive now. the 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 cancel culture is a real thing. And so, I know you're not a psychologist, as far as I know, right? What do you attribute the sensitivity of audiences when they're going to a comedy show? What do you attribute that to?
0: It's so frustrating for a creative to have to second guess what they know is great material uh, for the sake that someone is offended. Um, And it's normally People are offended uh, because of what's said, but not because it affects them directly. But it's like, oh, that's offensive. Like, you can't say nothing about fat people. That's offensive to fat people. And you're not even fat. Like, we are so woke and so angry and so, you know, we've gotten to a place where we're fact-checking everything. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with the the, the, the social media that we have access to because now everybody's a reporter everybody with a microphone has a podcast, you know, and it's like the influence that we are, you know, being driven by it's, it's almost like a scare tactic. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I can't laugh at that. I might, you know, people might think that I'm that way. Like I say things on stage and I'm like, all right, I'm going to say this word. And if you laugh at this word, it doesn't mean that you've said it. It just means that the way that I've used it is funny. And it's okay for you to laugh. You don't have to second guess whether it's funny or not. But we've gotten to a place where we are picking people apart and making mountains out of mole heels when we don't have to. I watched um, a clip the other day where Marlon, saying, Marlon Wayans is saying that they will make white chicks too, even if that means that they're going to try to cancel him, the funniest necessary. I stand behind it 100%. We have to get back to a place where we can laugh. Because it's so much going on right now that we've forgotten how to do it. And I will I I address the way that I do it is I address it on stage, just like that. I understand that we're sensitive. I understand that we're living in a fact, you know, in a in a time where we are checking facts and and being careful of people's feelings. But right now, I want us to like I'll tell them right now I'm 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 madder than a midget with a yo-yo. And they will say, you can't say midget. You have to say little people. And I'm like, well, little people are children. They are midgets. You know, yes. like you have yeah. to be able to laugh at that because it's funny. You don't have to overthink it. Just laugh and be okay with it.
2: That's a great answer.
0: Yeah. We're
1: going to use that answer across the spectrum. And anybody? Yeah, I'm <laughs> still in that too because like sometimes that.
2: I say stuff on my podcast too. And I'm like, mm, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't second guess it. Just understand
0: that we have to... Yeah, we we have to be sensitive to certain things, but for for the most part, understand that this is all make-believe, everything that we're saying. If it happens to hit home, then all right, but if not, just sit back and laugh at it. And if it do hit home, just sit back and laugh at it. Mm
2: Well, don't be, right. don't be blaming us for your guilty conscience. <laughs> please don't. Don't. I
0: got enough guilt right now. The fact that I don't have on the bottoms to match this top. Like, I'm guilty enough. I'm like, please don't let this camera fall down this way because that's going to be dumb. But y'all all made up, got the good stuff on. Your tops is matching your bottoms. If we pull them down
2: to these purple Puma joggers, y'all going to be like, this woman is crazy. That's
1: just because we have so- to walk through this building on the way in and right. out. <laughs>
2: yeah, if I was in my. I'd be in my drawers too. Don't Uh, worry. uh, 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 That's what I respect. That's the part I respect about you. I knew it.
1: So, uh, can you share your uh, social media handles with us?
0: I can, and I'm hoping that everybody does follow um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Snapchat. You guys can follow me at Corey B, and that's C-O-R-R two R's. C-O-R-R E-Y- be is in Baby um, YouTube is Corey Bell um, everything, everything else is Corey Bell but I'm hoping that you guys follow me and uh, I promise
2: I'll follow back
0: I ain't famous yet I'm just well known I, I ain't got <laughs> that yet I'm working on it
2: Yes. Well, thank you for entertaining us little people. And thank you so much, Corey. Honestly, I I mean, it's great to hear your, your story, but you shared so much insight into your journey. It's very inspiring. And I I appreciate your honesty. And, you know, I think whenever you can talk about real life events, it's funny and it's relatable because you're saying the things that people want to hear. So thank you so much for sharing your story, inspiring people. People. And also for anyone, like I said, that's like you said, you well-known, we know you a little bit more than well-known, but anyway, but the women that are looking at you like, oh my God, now Corey B, now I know her story. I feel like maybe I can do it too. So just thank you for inspiring those women that are coming after you as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Whatever it is, I would much rather live with the fact that I did it, whether it it panned out or not, than die with the fact of what if. What if I would have tried this? So I'm going for all of it. And uh, speaking to little people, that would be me because I am talking to you guys. I love y'all. I'm so appreciative that you guys allowed me to share my my story with you all. And I hope to talk to y'all soon. Oh, for sure.
2: Definitely. Yeah, we'll be better
1: for it. We'll be better for it. Um, I'm going to do- come to Texas. Come <laughs> to Texas. We got space. Plenty of it.
2: And it's hot.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> At least yeah. it's in the seventies. Your, bone, your bones won't your bones won't freeze on you out <laughs> here anytime soon. Um, we do something uh, pretty unique on our show, and that is we allow each guest to name the episode that they appear on, since it's your special episode. So, we're going to tap into that creative mind of yours and ask you what would you like to call this episode that you've appeared on.
0: Um, I would call this episode. Uh Fashionably late.
1: Love it. Fashionably late. Mm. Yes.
2: But still fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Fashionably late, but always best dressed. Right. I love that. I love that. Um, and we now, st-
0: now I don't know, because now I'm thinking organized chaos.
1: You know, you got to go with the first thing that pops into your mind okay. as a creator. Well, you know, I'm
0: fashionable and was a little, a little late. I'm all right.
1: It works well. Um, we started this program asking you to do something that's very controversial. Um, Holly and I wanted you to cast a vote. <laughs> so yes. but yes. but but hold on. Let me just say this. Who if you, we don't actually need you to pick somebody because if you do, the loser. Is simply going to ask for a recount. <laughs> We're not going to accept the results. <laughs> We're going to go all the way to the Supreme Court with this. <laughs> so uh, we don't actually need you to vote. She today. loves us equally.
2: <laughs> she loves us. Me more. And that but... was going
0: to be it. You guys have both won me over. So it is a draw. You both won. <laughs> And who, y'all split the
2: price. It's okay, down Corey. Wendy's 4 for 4. I, I see
1: it in your eyes. I, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, now I have to unbutton my top oh, too. It would be oh, good. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> so, um, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. You have a blessed day. Thank you,
0: Thank you guys. Enjoy your holiday. Thank, Thank you all. Thank you.